Hello, and welcome to the Macrofab Engineering Podcast. We're your hosts, Parker Doman and Stephen Craig. So last week, uh, one of our listeners actually uh, uh, weighed in on the question we had about the uh, conference room names. Yeah, we ended up not doing a poll because someone came up with, like, the best names ever. Yeah, it was just like, okay. <laughs> so, so a listener, Emmett Naughton, on Twitter uh, said for our large conference room, he decided it would be a good name for it to, to call it the Hertz Locker. After the movie. Right. And then the smaller conference room, the Thunder Ohm. After the movie. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Thank, yeah. thank you, Emmett. Yeah. We are going to use those yeah, names. Yeah, I'm actually designing plaques for, for the doors, and they'll be made out of red PCBs with gold trim with white silk screen. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, and then last week, we also asked our listeners to clarify the uh, stuff, we were, the issues we had with the space echo, yeah, for calibration. And so this is from uh, Stephen uh, Steve Kuhn. Mm-hmm. Hi guys, I am sure you have figured this out by now, but or uh, but not just the case. Zero dB in the audio business refers to the voltage level that will be produced one milliwatt. Into a 600 ohm load. Hang on, it's uh, zero dBm. Oh, zero dBm. Yeah. Okay. There. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, but over the years, it refers to the voltage level, even if you're not even using the 600 ohm load. Right. And so it's a little bit of a misdemeanor. Um, if you do the math, six dBm mm-hmm. is the same as 775 millivolt RMS. The, uh, zero dBm. You said six. Are you sure? Yeah, zero, zero dBm is 775 millivolt RMS. Sorry, okay. continue. All right. um, sine wave signal source mm-hmm. uh, minus five uh, minus 50 dBm would be uh, 2.45 millivolt RMS. Did I say that one correct? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just <laughs> getting it right. And then he says, and then he goes on to continue. Says, "Yes, I am a gray beard, but he shaves every day." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for clearing that up, uh, Steve. I-, I think he runs an audio repair business out in Austin, Texas. Oh, cool. So, yeah. So that's where the confusion comes in. So dBm is kind of an old, antiquated way of looking at voltages because dBm refers to a power level, not to a voltage level. It's power into a 600 ohm load, and then people just stop considering using it in a 600 ohm load. So m, even though it means power in this case, it still is a voltage. That's where the confusion comes in. Gotcha. That is confusing. Yeah, it's not a good way of doing it. That's why last week I was like, this is kind of a crappy way. <laughs> but regardless, now now we have the information. So zero dBm is 775 millivolt RMS. Cool. And we just pipe that into our frequency generator. And as, as an Australian guy would say, Bob's your uncle and you didn't like Flynn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now we have something that we can actually measure. Yeah. Cool. cool. Thank you, Steve. So this week we have a really special announcement. Ah, finally. Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So actually, not very long after I started at Macrofab, I conceived an idea for the FX dev board. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, uh, we've talked about the FX dev board and its evolution for quite some time now. Yep. Well, as of... I think like episode two or three, we talked about it, actually. Yeah, it was was a long time ago. And it it was a bit of a journey to get get moving on with it but uh, as of this week the fx dev board is now live as a project on uh, crowd supply so 
Yay, it's finally Woo-hoo, here. Yeah. Woohoo! Like, it's official. It is out there now. Uh, and that's, you know, it feels good to actually, in a way, start the project. Because the project's, like, the design is there, but we're actually sort of beginning it Be- now. Well, we're beginning the actual, fi- well, no, we have prototypes. I was about to say right. physical part, but we have working prototypes and all that stuff. It's like the next the 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 design journey has ended and the next journey of production has begun that's right the the the, the first chapter is closed yes uh, which is which open. feels really great yes because uh, um, so, it's actually the first physical product um we designed at Mac Crab and selling that's right yeah, yeah. so uh, for those who don't know or haven't heard in the in the past the FX dev board is a PCB development board to help make audio circuitry, uh, mainly audio circuitry for uh, musical instruments like synthesizers, guitar pedals, preamps, things of that sort. Basically, it's a board that includes all the peripherals and the breadboards and the power supplies and all the connectors you need in order to build your circuit uh, with the, the greatest ease, shall I say. It's all inclusive. I think, I think on you say on the board. video, the greatest accuracy possible. Oh. <laughs> And some and a smooth voice. There was a there was a little bit of marketing wank in the video. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, so the FX Dev board has has power supplies on board. It has potentiometers, jacks. It has battery connections. It has everything you need to just jump in and start building audio circuitry. And and really, I came up with the idea for this uh, about six seven years ago. And I always wanted to make it, but I kind of didn't have the time. And to do a one off, it would be pretty pricey. Um, but, but really what it does is it takes all of the drudge work out of making an audio circuit. All the stuff that you just repeat all the time. Right. Every, every circuit you build, you have to have a power supply. Every circuit you have to have jacks and potentiometers for, you know, pedals and things like that. Uh, and so before you even start working on any components that actually matter to change your sound, you have to build all this other crap. Not with the FX dev board. It's all on the board. You just jump in whatever you want, and you're off and running. So, so for instance, uh, like a like a really standard pedal that a lot of guys build uh, is is a uh, Ibanez tube screamer. I I, I built I, one of those. Yeah, you did actually. Yep. So I, I did a um, an analysis of the schematic, and and I looked at how many components the FX dev board has on it directly, and how many components you would have to buy to build it on the FX dev board. And the the dev board itself comes included with something like 65% of the components for the pedal. You only have to buy like $10 worth of parts and you can build a pedal. And if you want to modify it, just pull a cap out or pull a resistor out or and move things it. around and, yep. and you, you're now modifying things. It, it takes like 10, 15 minutes to build a pedal now on the FX dev board. And man, it just makes it so easy. Yeah. And the, the great thing about it is just, I actually been using it for just doing uh, microcontroller development too. Yeah. Yep. Um, building, you know, um, I just, you know, will plop my microcontroller on it and just like, I now I have my power rail right there. I actually adjust the, four, what I do is I adjust the 4.5 mid rail yeah. to be five volts. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then, then you I get, get my five volt rail. I know it's kind of like not supposed to be used that way, but it works. So, so there's, oh, so that's actually one thing that's interesting to bring up because I don't know if I was one of the first to come up with this. I, I really don't know because I really haven't seen it before. But the rails that go horizontally um, across a breadboard. Yeah, the power rails. The power rails on the top and the bottom. 
I, I have jumpers on the side of each one of those. And by just moving the jumper, you can select what that rail is connected to. Well, most most boards that are actually kind of like this, they don't have soldered in breadboards. Right. Where so the difference between I don't know if we actually even make this clear is is on 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 any of it is actually those breadboards have tabs on the bottom. Yep. And they solder into the board, and yep. so the power rails are connected directly through the jumper, and so you don't have a wire going from the jumper to the breadboard just to supply power and ground. Right. Which it's huge in terms of just keeping your noise down because now you don't have an extra six inches of, you know, antenna waving in the air. Right. A lot of dev boards will give you all the power supply connections, but then you have to take a wire and put it in. Correct. With this, you just select what uh, the jumper has six positions. You can choose positive 15, negative 15, positive nine, uh, positive one half of nine, yep. ground or nothing. Uh, where nothing is not connected to anything and you can use the rail for whatever you want. Yep. So just by moving a jumper, you automatically have any of those voltages right on your right breadboard. Right there, ready to go. And, and so, so like a regular op-amp, uh, pin, pin 8 is, is the positive supply and pin 4 is the negative supply. If you choose one of the rails on the top to be plus 15 and the rails on the bottom to be minus 15, it just takes two jumps, your op-amp has power. Yep. It just makes it that much easier. So that that's that's kind of honestly for me when I first started designing it, I got the most excited about yeah. that because I was like, I hate running power. Yeah, 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 it's just annoying because you have to do it every single time. But yep. the FX dev board makes that easy. Yeah, and it's got a really nice steel enclosure. Yep, that's uh, I, I'll put it this way: is just the top part is my favorite part because it's actually welded seamed. Mm. Yeah, it it's slick. Yeah. So so and the, the power coating's nice. Yeah, the enclosure allows you to take. A breadboarded circuit, uh, you seal it all up with this enclosure. You can throw it on the ground and actually use it like you would a regular a guitar gig. pedal, uh, which is something that, you know, go, try to take just a regular breadboard that has a 9-volt battery with wires and pots and stuff. Try to use that accurately at a gig or or just even playing with it on the floor. You know, it is not going to work. We mentioned that in the video, but we don't actually show it. What we should do is is take a video, build, you know, yeah, I think we have planned like to build some circuits and oh, stuff yeah, as yeah. extra videos for it, and then put the enclosure on it, and seriously drop it on the floor, plug it in, and then stomp on it like a stomp box, yeah. and actually play. That's a great. I we are gonna need to do yeah. that. That's a great idea. Yeah. So yeah, just to show that like a breadboard, you can use it and not. You don't have to be very uh, uh, delicate Careful. with delicate, it. Delicate, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's 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 robust, which that that's kind of the big point yeah. here. Uh, so the, uh, the, it, like I said, the FX dev board is live now on crowd supply. If you go to crowdsupply.com, uh, you can check out FX development board is actually the full name of it. You can go check it out and see, and it's see actually if you, uh, something you FX like. FX dev, devboard.com. That's right. So in addition to, uh, the actual device, we created fxdevboard.com, which has a whole bunch of extra content that helps guide you through, uh, building circuits or giving you ideas for new things. But on top of that, we actually have a whole bunch of uh, templates available on there. So if you want to make your own pedal and then share it with everyone else, you can download our templates and plug in your parts. Another thing that we've actually included on there is um, PCB templates. Uh, so if you, if you go to mammothelectronics.com, they have a whole bunch of pedal enclosures available that are pre-drilled. Yep. Uh, so I've made some PCB templates that will match up to all the pre-drilled holes. 
So if you want to take a, a circuit that you've built on this device and then move it over into an actual pedal, you can just download one of my pedal templates, throw your parts on it, and it'll match up with all of the uh, all of the holes in the enclosure. And then um, the uh, the video that we did was actually edited and pretty much directed by Josh, who does our podcast. And I'd say way more than that. I'd, I'd yeah. say 98% of it was Josh. Just Josh. Knocking he's it he's actually sleeping on the couch over here. Yeah, yeah. Um, pretending like he's not here. <laughs> yeah, and and he, you can check, you know, he was on the Star Wars podcast. Yep. Um, and he also did the editing for that. So he's like, he's the, the the mystery shadow behind the scenes. He's a beast. That's that's for sure. That's why he sleeps through the podcast. So mega thumbs up to <laughs> Josh for helping out with the video. Go check out the video. It's four minutes and 20 seconds of awesome. Is it really four minutes and 20 seconds? I think I think that was the ending. And yeah, yeah, he's shaking his head. Four, four minutes and 20 seconds. <laughs> uh, ask, ask your parents what that means. Okay. Um... I guess enough about talking about our macrofab stuff for once. That's like the biggest, longest advertisement we've ever done for anything we've actually ever done. Hey, it's it's exciting. This has been a year in the making. Yeah, pretty much a year. Actually, a little bit longer than a year. Yeah, just a little yeah. bit more. Because yeah. um, I think we actually started this project December, December ish. We got to check the GitHub stamp when we made that repository. Ooh, yeah, it's been a long time coming. <laughs> but yeah. Oh. Um, Onto RFO. RFO. And so this is going to be a, a special RFO because all three topics are about IoT. Oh, everyone knows we love IoT. Yeah. These are actually not bad. Um, <laughs> you have to preface with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first one is SparkFun. This actually comes on the tail of the Amazon Echo or was it Alexia? Uh, Ale- uh, yeah, Alexa. Alexa. Um, where Alexa was recording everything you say in the room. It's sort of conspiracy theory. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so basically, uh, SparkFun made a, a Amazon Echo kill switch by using a, um, they use a IoT platform called the Photon, mm-hmm. which is by, oh, what is that company called? It's one, uh, Particle. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, and so when you give it the command, you know, um, when you could say Alexa, turn off or Alexa, suicide or he has a lot of different commands you can I use. I think Seppuku was one. Yeah, of Yeah, that them. was the first one too. <laughs> yeah, um, it actually it will send the command uh, using the Amazon API. It will send the command to the the photon. Yeah. To cut the power completely to the Amazon Echo. Right. And then to turn it back on, you either have to press a switch on the photon, or you can actually do it through a app on your phone. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah, that's that's. Super neat. Yeah, I actually, that's actually a really cool idea. I really like that. So I had a thought about this. So one thing that, that is a little bit annoying about this kind of setup is the fact that you're killing the power entirely to the device. Uh, how cool would it be to have kind of like a gatekeeper at the digital communication from the wireless inside the device to the processor inside the device. And when you said Alexa, it would then open up communication and allow data to come through. And as soon as it stopped, it would kill that. Well, that's how how Google now works. Yeah. Um, I think Siri works the same way. We've talked about this before. It's got a little... It's got a co-processor that's low power on your phone that's looking for that, that command. Yeah. Um, if I say it, my phone will go blink, and yeah. 
Um, yeah, so you you say the command, and then it goes, okay, now ready to go, and then it'll transmit over over 4G. Right. And I bet you they do it that way so that you don't you know eat your data, mm. because it would be transmitting everything we would say right now to Google servers <laughs> and eat up my bandwidth. Um, but I guess if you're at home with Wi-Fi, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, it just it, it seems uh, killing the power is is a guaranteed way. Guaranteed way to make sure it's not going to um, let but, uh, people know that you're murdering someone. Or, or I wonder if you could just actually put like a, um, like a sniffer kind of thing and just garble the data. Just continually send like crap data just, on the line. You can just cut the... the Plus the you know the data minus data positive on the USB line. Yeah, but then I oh, who knows what happens with Alexa when you do that. Oh yeah. So eh, if you if works. you're just jamming it with all kinds of extra crap, and it only takes like five six seconds for Alexa to turn back on when you turn her on. Yeah, it's it's it, no, it's it's a great idea. Yeah. Yep. And then I had something to talk about this. Um, it was something with Alexa too. It wasn't the the article with the cops. Trying to you know subpoena Amazon, but it was something similar to that. Can't remember. Maybe I'll remember it later because we're all talking about IoT stuff. <laughs> um. Anyways, that's a really cool project from Sportfun. Yeah. Um, I'm actually probably going to use something similar for uh, doing voice commands on uh, in, in at home mm. when I, you know, finally start doing the home automation stuff. I think like every electrical engineer eventually tries to tackle that. That's the thing. Yeah, because because at first they look at it, they're like, "Oh, this is easy. You just put this little thing, and it does this, and then it just blows up." Yeah, it blows up, and then you never. And then it never happens. Yeah, yeah. You have a box full of uh, a box full of Arduinos and and relays. That's right. And you keep (laughs) telling yourself, "Someday I'm going to do that." Someday. Okay. Next one is a another project. Um, It's an Arduino powered honeypot. So it's not Winnie the Pooh honeypot. Um, this is, <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. Yeah, um, <laughs> this is a the honeypot is what is a basically a device meant to attract and preoccupy hackers, mm-hmm. um, and it's also a spy term. If you ever watch Archer, yeah, he always talks about the honeypot, right? Um, and so basically, what this guy did is he made a like an eight. I think it was like a, a ba- an old school bank serial terminal. Mm-hmm. And basically exposed it to the internet and was using Arduino as the interface. Hmm. Well, and a Raspberry Pi. So the Raspberry Pi was doing the communication and basically just passing the data directly to the Arduino. And then so people were basically talking to a 18 mega, I think 328p. No, it was a, it was a, um, I think it was the other one, the 32. It doesn't really matter. Uh, anyways, talking to it and over like a really slow connection, like, a, you know, uh, 1,200 baud rate, yeah. all that stuff. Um, you can actually log into it uh, using PuTTY and then it, um, or, or Telnet, and the address is m80.ddns.net, port 23. So you could go talk to it right now? Yeah, and try to hack it. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So he emulates basically that whole interface, and it, it actually acts like when you log into it, it acts like a old-school bank terminal interface. Hmm. So you can try to log into someone's account, basically. Really? Yeah, cool stuff. Um, but yeah, apparently he gets lots of hits. Like right when he turned it on, within like twenty minutes, he was it was getting pinged. Wow. Yeah. People just sniffing around. Uh, botnets, stuff like that. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, botnets probably running on old four eighty sixes. 
<laughs> where this technology was around. <laughs> right. Cool. Yeah, cool project. Um, it was on Reddit. We'll have the URL. Um, and last, last. Um, this IoT one's device. awesome. This was really cool. Um, how, how do you pronounce that? Uh, uh, Pico. Pico. That's right. So um, Pico is this really awesome robot. I would say he's the best robot or IoT companion. So you had the Amazon Echo and the Google whatever they call it, and then <clears throat> um, there's a couple other ones, anyways. Um, but I think it's the best IoT companion I've ever seen because it actually has kind of a personality to that robot. Oh, not kind of. This thing has an amazing <laughs> personality. Um, basically, you give it a command, so it's like Amazon Echo. Yeah. But instead of it going, okay, let me do that for you with an LED blinking, it's got a, a screen on it that's got eyeballs. Yeah. And then it responds to you with a GIF it finds on the internet. That's applicable to what you said. Yeah, what you said and what it thinks you want to do or what it's going to do. And it actually gets pretty moody if you uh, piss it off. <laughs> the thing that's crazy about it is it's not just... I mean, you could you could make a little thing that's just a screen that just plays a GIF that's applicable to the situation. He built, like, a body for it the that has motion. Yeah, and all his build log is online and all the files and everything. Yeah. So you can build one. The animatronics in this thing is amazing. Yeah, so you, it, it's almost like a pet that entertains you. Yeah. It would be awesome to have one on the desk. Yes. Yeah. It's like Robbie, the, the bank robot you have from... from uh, oh, I love that thing. Where is it? Uh, I actually... Is that your house When now? we moved... From the old location to the new location at MagFab, I took it home and I haven't brought it back to the office. Yeah, because I've been I've been missing feeding it, you know, ICs and stuff. My nephews came over the other day. They, they, and did they, they break it? I I gave them probably I don't know, twenty quarters, and it entertained them for seriously like thirty minutes. <laughs> it was amazing. Like it blew their mind that this thing would eat quarters. It was awesome. Hey, the first time I saw it, and I was like, what, twenty nine? That blew my mind. <laughs> It's awesome. Yeah. We need to post pictures of Robbie. I think we have before. Well, we need to do it again. Do it again? Okay, we'll post pictures. Bring it to work tomorrow so I can take a picture for the podcast. Okay. Um, And I did not remember what I was going to talk about. Oh, that's right. Like, I could, you know, the Amazon kill switch? Yeah. I could see, like, mob bosses and stuff having that. Mob bosses in GTA. Yeah. You show up and there's a cutscene and they're like, Amazon kill. Uh, Alexa, go off record. <laughs> go off Okay. Record. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. <laughs> or, it could we, be, or it could be in like, you know, um, a police interrogation room in like the 50s where like... Um, where good, like good Alexa, bad Alexa? Yeah, good Alexa, bad Alexa. So good Alexa is recording your thing and bad Alexa it cuts off. Yeah. <laughs> We uh, um, so when I watched the video for for um, uh, Pico okay. earlier today, I was looking at that. I was like, "This is MacFab engineering in a nutshell." Oh yeah, in yeah, a way because yeah. I mean it's just like passing goofy gifts for. Anytime we ask a question, you're not going to get an answer. You're going to get a gift that, yeah, is, the yeah, that is the answer. Uh, <laughs> we need to look at this and see how t difficult it would be to make one. Yeah, because that would be killer to have in the engineering department. Have one and like have one on, on have one everyone everyone's desk. No work could ever get done. No, we just be we just be asking it all this. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Cool. And so that's that's the last RFO. 
for this podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yep. it. And uh, so, yeah, this was episode 50 of the Macrofab Engineering Podcast. Getting close to the uh, one-year mark. One-year mark. Yeah, it's going to be in three episodes. Yep. Episode 53 will be the one-year mark. 2-1. Yes. Um, we're going to do by seasons, huh? We're going to <laughs> roll over. So it'll be 2-1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And now we'll just keep going up in numbers. <laughs> just keep numbers. <laughs> um, I forgot where we left off on the po- on the outro. Uh, episode 50, 50. Yeah. This was the MacFab Engine Podcast. Then we were your hosts, Parker Doman. And Stephen Craig. Go check out the FX dev board. Take it easy. Later. <laughs>